0: You're listening to a sermon from St. John's Anglican in Cranbourne. To find out more about us, head to cranbourneanglican.org.au. Well, wouldn't you like a whole new world? Uh, Not too long ago, uh, me and my family, we watched uh, the latest live-action Aladdin. And if you've seen that, you'll remember Aladdin and Jasmine. They're flying on the carpet And they're singing A Whole New World. They've discovered a new freedom. uh, All their troubles are left behind. Everything is beautiful and everything is as it should be. Now, wouldn't that be great? I wouldn't mind A Whole New World right now. Because we're not flying anywhere. We're not even walking anywhere. Uh, A whole new world without pandemics. A world... Where loved ones back in India or so many other countries aren't dying. A world right here in Melbourne, uh, where right here in Melbourne people aren't falling sick and lockdowns aren't announced. A whole new world would be great, and especially if it actually meant a whole new me and a whole new you. Do you want to feel new physically? Uh, a new you, where the pain is gone, where there's perhaps a little bit less of you, uh, or even everything worked, or the illness is gone. Or do you want a new you, uh, emotionally, or morally? Your conscience clear, your your shame gone, nothing weighing you down. Do you want to feel new, spiritually refreshed and revived, deeply assured that you are both loved and that your life means something deep and eternal? As we come to the end of the story of the Bible, what we actually discover is that it's a story of restoration, or even better, of renewal. Well, over this series, we've been seeing that the Bible isn't just a whole lot of interesting thoughts about God that uh, has been thrown together by people who were kind of spiritual. It's actually one unified story that God has been telling us through different people, different personalities at different times about how he is renewing all things. In the first week we heard how he created everything perfectly and we were in perfect relationship with him and with each other. In the second week we discovered why the world is such a messed up place we crowned ourselves king, we chose to decide for ourselves what's good and bad and we broke relationship with God. In the third week, we looked at how that gave rise to an experience of alienation and exile, most clearly seen in the physical exile of Israel from the promised land. And last week we heard how God redeemed his people through Jesus' death and resurrection for the forgiveness of of our sins. And so today we're actually going to cover the rest of the story, the 2,000 years that lie behind us and however many years that lie ahead of us. And we're going to cover it all, and it's all about restoration, about being restored to perfect life with God, except we're not just being restored to what we had in Eden, we're being renewed, we're going to be taken up into something even better. Do you want a whole new world? Do you want a whole new you? Well, number one, your renewal is behind you. Number two, you're an outpost of heaven. You're an agent of renewal. And number three, the story has two endings. So firstly, your renewal is behind you. You can, you can look for a renewal in so many places, can't you? I and mean, you can look for it for a new you in a in a gym or a diet in the exercise you're going to do or the lettuce that you're going to eat you can look for a new you in the latest meditation technique that you're going to learn or the educational qualification you're going to complete you can look for a new you at a job or a new car or a new house or a new relationship or even a new haircut There's a whole lot of things you can do to try and find the renewal that you actually long for. But your renewal is not something ahead of you that you have to do. It's something behind you that's already done. When Jesus died on the cross, God drew near to this world and he experienced and suffered and dealt with all that's broken and bad in the world, And in you. And when Jesus rose again, it was the unstoppable power of God for life and healing and restoration and renewal that broke out of the tomb and broke into this world. A new world and a new you is God's work by His Spirit through His Son, a work that was achieved in the past. And continues to break out into the present and will come to its fullness in a certain and wonderful future. But what does that mean for you now? Well, if you've come to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, if you trust in him and follow him, then the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you by his spirit. And life and healing and restoration and renewal is already breaking into your life. You're an outpost of heaven. You're an agent of renewal. And our church community is an outpost of heaven and an agent of renewal. God's bringing his kingdom in and through you and in and through our church community and through his church throughout the world. See, as Christians, it's not that we look at the world and we think, oh, I can't wait until we leave this place and I get onto my fluffy cloud and get my harp. It's going to be wonderful. No. Did you hear what our Bible reading told us? Revelation 21. John sees a new heaven and a new earth and the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. We don't go up to heaven, heaven comes down to us. The picture we see at the end of the story is one of renewal, not starting all over again. God isn't done with this material world. He's renewing it. And heaven is this material world perfected. And God's bringing that about through you and through me and through the church and throughout the world. And for that reason, there is actually nothing more powerful as a forceful good in this world than the Christian community. Because it doesn't just deal with externalities, uh, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, visiting those in prison, advocating for justice, bringing education and helping the marginalized, although the church should be and does do all those things and has done for more than any other group over the last 2,000 years. But it doesn't just do that. God deals with the root cause of all that is bad, the heart. And the renewal and healing that comes in the externalities through the church and through you are symptoms of the deeper renewal and healing that's happened in the heart. So as we look at the world, wherever we see something that we think isn't going to be in the new heaven and the new earth, we need to be agents of renewal, part of renewing this world and fitting it for eternity and so changing the things that we see out there taking what's in the heart and bringing it into the world. And that's why Wilberforce campaigned for years and years to do away with slavery. Uh, That's why people in our church volunteer for breakfast clubs and give food to be handed out to the homeless or give money to charities that help kids in third world countries. We want to be agents of renewal. And we want to do that more and more as a community as well. But we live in the now and the not yet. The power of our renewal lies in our past. It's outworked in the present, but it doesn't come to its completion until the end. And that's why it can feel like life can just grate sometimes. In fact, it should always feel like it's grating because you're being renewed, but you still are not fully renewed. There's a level of godly frustration with our own hearts and with our own circumstances and with this world. That comes from living that tension. And in some ways that's a good thing. Be encouraged if that's the case for you because at centre that's a longing for the end of the story. You're longing for the end of the story. Now I need to tell you that this story can have two endings for me and for you. The great ending is where all the bad things are no more, all is renewed, but for that to happen, all the bad things must be taken away. They have to be judged. See, standing at the end of the story is what the Bible calls the day of the Lord, the day when all will be judged. Uh, We didn't read it, but immediately before our reading from Revelation 21, which everyone reads and everyone knows, is a passage you may not know quite so well. And it speaks of God's judgment. Chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and the one who sat on it. The earth and the heaven fled from his presence and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Also another book was opened, the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works as recorded in the books. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. There is a day when God will judge the living and the dead. There are two endings to the great story of the Bible. One is eternal death. The Bible in other places calls it hell. And you know, it would have been so much easier to teach this and just kind of gloss over this part uh, because we all like the happy ending. But an unrenewed me in heaven would not make it heaven. It wouldn't be perfect. And so an unrepentant me can't be there. And that's true for you and, and for everyone. Again and again in the story of the Bible, there's this great warning. There are two ends. The great and terrible day of the Lord will come and we will be judged according to our works as recorded, Revelation 20 says, in the books. That is, either on what we've done or what's written in the book of life on what Christ has done. And if it's just what we've done, then the ending is eternal death and that's why it's so important that you're renewed that's why you need to hear the good news about Jesus and actually experience it and that's why it's so important that family and friends and neighbours and everyone hears and responds to the good news about Jesus that's why we run Alpha that's why we need to get better at equipping you and giving you opportunities and confidence to be able to speak to others about Jesus. Because without Jesus, the end of the story is eternal death. And if you've never repented of the bad in your life and trusted that Jesus can save you on that day, please, please, please do it now. Because you you can right now, right there, right, right where you are. You simply open yourself to God and you say to him, I'm sorry, these are the things I'm sorry for, please renew me. I trust in Jesus to save me on that day, thank you. Because the whole point of the story of the Bible is that, as it says in Ezekiel thirty-three eleven, God desires not the death of a sinner, but that they may turn and that they may live. The whole point of the story is that God is providing a way in which you might be saved and healed and restored and renewed. And that this world might be saved and healed and restored and renewed. See, the true end, the the great end that God invites you to and longs for us to come into is the fullness of the whole new world, the whole new you, perfected with God. Revelation 21 described it like this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Oh, bring on that day. No more death, no more pain, no more dying. A whole new world, a whole new us. A whole new world where love has blossomed and we're living a new freedom and all the troubles are left behind and everything is beautiful and as it should be. But do you know, for all the beauty of that picture and for how wonderful it will be when all the bad has has been taken away, all the dross is gone, do you know what the best thing will be? We'll be home. Home with God. We'll see him and we'll know him, even as we're known. And you know, that's actually the greatest gift of the gospel. It's God himself. Uh, The whole story has actually been bringing us to enjoy and glorify him. The theologian, Jonathan Edwards, uh, put it like this. The redeemed have all their objective good in God. God himself is the great good which they are brought to the possession and enjoyment of by redemption. He is the highest good and the sum of all that good which Christ purchased. God is the inheritance of the saints. He's a portion of their souls. God is their wealth and treasure, their food, their life, their dwelling place, their ornament and diadem and their everlasting honour and glory. The glorious excellencies and beauty of God will be what will forever entertain the minds of the saints and the love of god will be their everlasting feast the redeemed will indeed enjoy other things they will enjoy the angels will enjoy one another but that which they shall enjoy in the angels or each other or in anything else whatsoever that will yield them delight and happiness will be what will be seen of god in them That's the end of the story. God has always been the great goal of the story of the Bible. And your joy was always to be the result. But God himself and his glory is the greatest gift that he gives us. Are you longing for that day when you can see him face to face and know yourself fully known and fully loved? Well, the Bible is... One unified story spanning the ages. It's a story you can be a part of and it's a story in which you can find meaning and hope and joy that cannot be shaken no matter what happens. It's a story millions of people currently trust in and live from. Well, what about you? Well, let's pray. Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that this world is not the end of the story. We thank you that you have been at work down through the ages and into the present and you are drawing us into the glorious future that you have already prepared. Father, help us to live in this time as agents of renewal, as outposts of heaven. Help us, Heavenly Father, to see those things that need to be renewed and changed. And Lord, help us to know how we can act and be part of that. And Heavenly Father, we pray that in the midst of the troubles or the difficulties that we may face right now, we might also be able to set our eyes upon the glorious hope and the wonderful future that you have prepared for us, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the forgiveness that is in you and that you call us to come and taste that you are good and draw us to the eternity with you and that is the fulfilment of all our desires, if only we would know it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.